The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. And welcome to a short and sweet episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the short list. An opportunity for me to develop ideas for original content, uh, TV series, movies, and what have you, instead of our normal reboots and remakes that we do on our full-length episodes. So if you like the full-length episode, we have one coming out next week. This is just for me, for fun, and hopefully for you, uh, for fun as well. And... For this episode, I want to explore the world of conspiracy theory a little bit in a movie by the name of This Flat Earth. I've seen a number of internet posts uh, suggesting the idea of a reality series where flat earthers go to Antarctica in search of the edge of the world and it be filmed for our enjoyment. And I'm such a big fan of this idea as a reality series that I think that it would even be a lot of fun to explore as a mockumentary-style comedy as well. There are a number of documentaries about Flat Earth itself that you should definitely check out if you have an opportunity. I know for sure there is one on Netflix that I've watched that was very enjoyable in, in the sense that it informed me a little more as to the reasoning that a lot of Flat Earthers have for their beliefs and also informed me that a lot of this has to do with having colleagues, having a a culture that you can call yourself a part of. Uh, From what I've seen from the documentaries that I've watched, a lot of it is feeling part of this community of people that think they have figured something out that they're not supposed to know. And I've heard so many different versions of why the Earth is flat, but we're told that it's round. And none of it makes any kind of real sense. There's talks about the airlines being part of it, though I don't know how they decided to lie to us about a round earth before planes were invented. But the thing is that this mockumentary is not there to try to combat the stupidity that is flat earth theory. Uh, this is more uh, an opportunity to uh, play in that space a little bit. and treat these characters that believe in the flat earth in this movie as like really honest fleshed out people that have this idea and let the idea itself create the humor as opposed to making these people caricatures um conspiracy theorists and like except for one particularly but we will get into that as well so i am inspired by this episode by a number of memes that are suggesting just this um on the internet, that re- a reality show made with flat earthers trying to find flat earth. And just 
my idea of the best way to do a documentary that way and what uh what kind of hijinks could occur from it so i'm looking at a movie that came out in i believe 2004 called incident at loch ness as a inspiration and i'm even getting zach penn who was the director of that film to be the director of this movie that i'm looking at here the incident at loch ness was a mockumentary not the best of the best as far as mockumentaries go but I loved the concept of bringing in Werner Herzog to play himself in that movie as a documentarian. And I thought, how much fun would it be to have this almost as a spiritual sequel to Incident at Loch Ness, where it takes place in that same universe, except this time that director is following, or Werner Herzog is following these flat earthers as they try to find the edge. So you have Werner Herzog's very... uh very recognizable narrative voice just all over this film as you see both these beautiful documentary style shots of, you know, the, the ice covered uh, wastelands of Antarctica as these men trudge towards the center of it with this beautiful Werner Herzog narration. And then just a cut in to a very comedic kind of re realistic uh, feel of them up close and of their conversations and talking about freezing their balls off and like, so Werner Herzog's definitely in it. The idea was to have four flat earthers and three people on the documentary crew as the main cast. So for the documentary crew, we've got Werner Herzog. And then I didn't do a lot of casting for the uh, different characters. I wanted to really discuss the idea for the characters more so than who I would necessarily have it cast as. So for uh, the crew, there's Werner Herzog. And then Linus and Merrick are the, uh, Linus is the sound guy and Merrick is the uh, cinematographer, the, the dude with the camera for the documentary team. And then as far as our flat earthers go, we've got uh, Chuck Vogelman. He's really kind of the ringleader of this group where he's the one that speaks for the others more than anyone. He's the one that runs a Facebook group and a Reddit thread about flat earth. And he is known within the community as very popular uh, web videos that he puts on YouTube explaining why the government is lying to us about Flat Earth. And he's become a bit of a celebrity in those, uh, in those back alleys of the Internet. And so he was a clear choice for this documentary as somebody that was willing to put their money where their mouth is uh, to jump on board. And uh, just for fun. We'll make him like the uh, the cousin of the dude that launched himself in a rocket that he made himself uh, like 600 feet in the air to see uh, to prove that flat Earth it was correct and the Earth wasn't round. Uh, he ended up not really proving anything besides the fact that biggest idiots are the hardest to kill because uh, he survived that strangely. Then we've got Barry Potts. Barry Potts is very much the quiet type. He doesn't say a whole lot. He does genuinely believe in flat earth theory. He has a lot of information to back it up. He is very easily able to quote a lot of information all at once. He's got encyclopedic knowledge of this conspiracy. And the only issue is getting him to actually speak to it. Uh, that's why he is more the type that has been on boards and Reddit and such talking about flat earth theory because he's much more comfortable behind the safety of a screen than being in person with it. But 
he's so knowledgeable about this uh, theory and the different reasonings and the different ideas that uh, he uh, agreed has with hesitance and had to be paid a pretty decent amount of money to join this uh, documentary just so that they had somebody in the project that was the most knowledgeable to make sure that without a doubt all the theories are being looked at or being proven they're doing quote unquote scientific tests along the way on this voyage of a uh, of discovery to antarctica then we've got lewis ginter which is totally a joke for people that live in the richmond area and Lewis Ginter is definitely the real Looney Tunes conspiracy theorist person on there. Flat Earth is one of a dozen popular conspiracy theories that he believes in. He is the type that just basically started unraveling one thread and it led to all the other conspiracy theories. And he talks about number stations and uh, Pizzagate and, of course, like Epstein stuff and like cabals, underground tunnels that send extraterrestrial uh, spaceships under, you know, on these long rails and all, uh, basically water with fluoride in it, all the, all the popular ones he is a avid believer in. And that allows for the opportunity to have fun in the writer's room making up new conspiracy theories that don't actually exist and having him bring up these crazy conspiracy theories as a running joke throughout the movie. So every time that they hit base camp, you can have a scene where he's in his tent, the wind blowing outside, and he's just, you're coming into the conversation as he's explaining the tail end of some, like, bat shit insane conspiracy theory. One of my personal favorite insane ones that is actually out there. You can find it. And who knows if it's actually real or if it's satire, but either way, it's it's amazing, is the idea that birds aren't real, that they are all uh, surveillance devices by the government that uh, the, the, they look like birds and they're like organic bi- bio surveillance or something, but they are not, in fact, real birds. They are uh, birds died out apparently a long time ago. They've been replaced with surveillance cameras. That is the theory. I think that is amazing that anybody would seriously believe that. And I definitely want Lewis Ginter to believe that birds aren't real amongst many other things as well. Then we've got a flat earther that refuses to a show his face and b uh have his voice his actual voice uh come up on the documentary so every time that he talks he has a voice changer that he uses so he has that garbled like kind of uh disguised voice whenever he speaks and uh he's he goes by his handle on uh on the internet so he goes by flatty boobalatty 69 is the name of that character and the fun part of that character is he's going to be definitely the type that um, it's more physical acting. There's not a lot of conversation that comes from him, but he's definitely n- not trust trusting anyone, including the other flat earthers. He is completely separated from them, walks a little bit further away from them in the long shots where they're all working together. And he's just a little bit either ahead or behind or off to the side. He's not really a team player. He's there because he genuinely believes that there is um, an edge to the world. And he wants to find it. And that's our crew. That is our, uh, our, our group of people as they start uh, making their way to Antarctica. And so I think the best way to start it would be to have introductions and have them have conversations about how they got into flat earth theory and why they believe that as they're on a boat heading to the southern tip of South America. 
uh, where they're planning on getting all sorts of expedition equipment and meeting, um, meeting all the documentary crew and uh, making their way to Antarctica, where there, there is a, uh, a guide whose name I have not come up with, but basically a, a person that has uh, traversed Antarctica before that is meeting them in the southern tip of uh, South America to take this journey to Antarctica. And uh, you get to really understand, you know, like any other mockumentary, the characters are really the driving force of the comedy. So you get to get all their little ticks and, and quirks thrown in as they're uh, introducing themselves and talking about why they got into Flat Earth Theory. And then you can have some pickup interviews where they're talking to locals as they're getting their gear and everything about have they heard of Flat Earth Theory? Do they believe it? And then fun reactions of, you know, these dudes getting just judged to the nth degree by locals that these out-of-towners, uh, foreigners for them are uh, believing something so asinine and spending so much money to find out that they're wrong is uh, hilarious. And so you get plenty of pickup interviews, great character moments. Uh, then they get their stuff, they meet up with their, uh, their Sherpa, and they head to Antarctica, uh, in which there is a lot of room for ad-libbing, which I would definitely make room for, for all these actors, especially the Flat Earthers. I want to make sure that they're comedic actors that can really think on their feet, do some really fun stuff. And I do want to have a weird, like, grudge thing with penguins. I think you're in Antarctica. You can't do a movie based out of Antarctica. And granted, it won't be filmed in Antarctica, but you can't do that without having some sort of running penguin joke. And so I think the best way to go about that is for them to, upon arriving in Antarctica, maybe they take a seaplane there. And upon landing in Antarctica, they uh, basically, because of emergency, have to land quickly. And they land basically in the middle of a big crowd of penguins. And they don't, kill any penguins because come on man it, like this is a comedy and it, it can get gruesome if we want but not penguins we you can't kill a penguin and have the audience still on your side for the movie so at the very least maybe all the penguins get out of the way but the plane slides to a stop and just knocks over a baby penguin baby penguins fine but the you know the parent is like fucking pissed because their baby penguin got knocked over so you have some designed to the grudge between the penguins and the people and the the penguins stay away as the plane is uh settling in they get their packs and they make their way and you can see the penguins kind of like circling around the plane uh in the far background as they're walking away and then maybe an explosion and you realize the penguins have you know murdered the pilot and uh and exploded the plane so as far as getting back will be a little bit difficult so they go on their way, and um, a series of hijinks ensues as far as, you know, like somebody loses a toe due, due to uh, hypothermia, and, you know, somebody didn't pack properly for being in Antarctica, and so you can just have a joke about why did you pack a pair of shorts? Uh, it can be a running joke. Yeah, I mean, there's so much room to just play with these you know, four idiots that are trying to search for the edge of the world in Antarctica. The, the big turn for this movie is that when, once they're getting close to the, the South Pole, um, there's like a, a, a quiet that goes across 
uh, Antarctica where the, like the wind seems to have calmed down. Um, it seems to be even like a, a few degrees warmer, like a, not, not warm by any stretch. It's still relatively cold, but it's not the same level of like extreme cold that they had dealt with going up to the, the center of the South Pole. And then upon cresting a hill, they look at the bottom of the hill and it is just space. It's the edge of the world. It's the flat earth edge of the world that they see. And upon realizing that they were right, uh, of course, Chuck, the leader, is like, I knew it, I knew it. And he's celebrating and, and uh, so stoked that, like, A, he was right, and B, they were able to prove it. And the cameraman got it. Um, Barry was more the, you know, he's the quiet one that has the encyclopedic knowledge, but also he, in interviews the entire time, has been, like, waffling where he, you know, it's pretty clear that he does believe this, but he's not openly stating that he believes it. He's like, you know, we'll see. I think it's, uh, it's stupid to just dismiss a theory out of hand. You know, that's why it's important to go so that you can prove or disprove that it exists. And, you know, just kind of playing both teams a little bit so that if they on this documentary didn't find the edge of the world, he had some way to pull back and kind of save face a little bit. So upon this, he is absolutely flabbergasted that the flatter theory is actually correct. And it's just, holy fuck. And he's like astounded. And Werner Herzog is you know, narrating this whole thing as the gentlemen like, walk closer to. Uh, and then the four of them are lined up at the edge of the world with uh, Werner Herzog taking like a hero shot from the side where you see all four of the sides of their faces. And then this, under the ski mask and the goggles, uh, Flatty Bubalati 69 uh, looking into the abyss that is the edge of the world takes off his ski mask and his goggles and uh, exposes that it's actually James Franco and not James Franco playing Flatty Bubalati 69, but Flatty Bubalati 69 is James Franco's internet handle and James Franco ends up being a flat earther and James Franco himself is one of the four men in this documentary. And then upon realizing that the edge of the world exists, it's like he is able to take over that persona because he doesn't have to protect himself in case, you know, this ends up being just a, a total wash and then he, that, he, that they're wrong. So he's safe to be James Franco moving forward in this movie. And it's this big reveal, like little more than halfway through the movie. Um, and so the gentlemen realize that they need to get this footage to the news as quickly as possible, that there's bound to be people that are trying to prevent them from, uh, getting to the edge of the world and also get back with any kind of proof that the edge of the world actually does exist. So they start making their way back into uh, back uh, through Antarctica. And at that point you see like snowmobile thing, like eighties action movie style snowmobiles and machine guns through Antarctica chasing these dudes. Um, come to find out the penguins are there and they come to attack. And then upon fighting them, one of the big like emperor penguin types, Lewis Ginter, the dude that believes all the conspiracy theories, punches a penguin in the face and the face flap opens up and it's a robot and totally plays into the birds aren't real thing. And the birds are totally government surveillance protecting Antarctica from people trying to find the edge of the world. And that's why nobody's found it, because they end up getting uh, killed by murder penguins uh, before they can make their way back with any proof. Uh, but fortunately, the pilot from the plane has survived uh, the initial attack by the birds and had called for backup, basically. 
And so as they're running from this legion of robotic murder penguins, another seaplane comes and lands, and they very Indiana Jones-style escape these murderous penguins and make their way to the mainland, at which case they're in the air and there are jets that come and start firing upon the seaplane. So there's a seaplane flying at a low altitude, and the joke is basically that the plane is flying so slow that it's really hard for these uh, fighter jets to really get a bead on them because the minute they get a bead on it, they are passing the plane. And so it's really hard for them to actually get them. Um, so basically the plane sucks so hard that the pilots aren't used to dealing with something that sucks so hard and they don't know what to do. Then you have you know, Navy is after them as well. They realize, like, I mean, the governments of the world are in this together to prevent us from knowing that, uh, that the Earth is flat. And uh, basically, we end with them barely making it back to the tip of uh, South America and running to the closest news station. And Werner Herzog just suddenly knowing how to speak Spanish and like getting them to play the video that they have of the flat Earth on the air. And uh, at that point, you think they've made it. They've done it. They've actually proven that flat Earth is, is real. And then you have the actual cameramen uh, and sound guys later outside talking to clearly a government official as people are being um, black bagged around the news station. Um, People are being taken out of the news station with black bags over their heads, uh, stating that, of course, they had a a signal dampener in the area. What is this, like, amateur hour? Uh, They never had a chance of getting the information out. um, And... They don't even know why they made such a big deal out of, uh, of trying to get them before they got to the news station because they always had it under control, something along those lines. So basically, total uh, rip away of the celebration. And uh, then it's them asking a question, well, you know, why are you doing this interview then? And the woman just smiles and you, uh, you see like black bags going over the cameraman and the uh, sound guy. And then that cuts to the credits. And there you go. You have a flat earther movie that hopefully doesn't get seen as an example of, you know, the creators actually being into flat earth theory or, you know, suggesting that it is actually real so much as you make the escape from Antarctica back to civilization so ridiculous in nature as to the amount of ships and planes and soldiers that are being used trying to stop these dudes from exposing the truth that you make sure that the entire point of this movie is to show how completely ridiculous it is, the idea of this being a flat Earth. Uh, that's why you're throwing in birds aren't real as being another conspiracy theory that's true. You just really put the hammer down of if, you know, if one of them's true, then all of them have to be true kind of a tone, and you just really lean in super hard and show just how in action, in real life, if this was to be a real thing, how completely stupid and ridiculous it would be. I think with the right hand, uh, you could do that. You could show that without it coming off as being some sort of, you know, now hear them out kind of approach to flat earth theory, that this is definitely taking the piss out of the idea and showing that it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And it is something that there should be a comedy about. And so if they're not going to do a reality series where flat earthers are trying to prove that the edge of the earth exists, then uh, at the very least make a movie. You know, you got James Franco in there. You could totally do the uh, his crew of friends that he's always in movies with as the other people in this. And uh, 
and fuck, as far as the show where you get like Taika Waititi, you could move it from South America to New Zealand or Australia, which isn't too far off from Antarctica. You know, you could you could play with it a little bit and get the right actors in for the roles uh, that you want. And uh, I, I think it would be a really good time, and it would be a very character-driven kind of comedy, and you get the right uh, comedy actors in there to do their thing. I see this as a total blast. So this Flat Earth, um, the comedy mockumentary about Flat Earthers trying to find the edge of the world is this week's shortlist. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe, all those things you do to podcasts. Uh, you can find the links to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any of the other podcasters at guipodcast.com. Make sure you follow our social media. The links are also available on our website. And uh, tell your friends, you know, let them know how much fun you have with this show. And also check out our merchandise on TeePublic. Go to guipodcast.com slash store, or just click on the store link on our homepage, and it will send you right to our store. We've got close to 40 designs. We just dropped a bunch of new designs. We're about to drop a few more as well. So there's always new stuff coming in. Uh, new interesting designs from all the different shows on the network, which you should also be checking out as well. We've got our flagship show, Geeks Under the Influence, and the other show that I do uh, with my partner in crime, Amy Bogard, uh, Deeply Upsetting, where we answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries. All of those and many more shows at GUIPodcast.com. But for now, I will bid you adieu until we tackle some other conspiracy-riddled storyline So we'll find you next week for a full-length episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com.